Before we start, I want to thank all of the Weird Libertarians patrons for being a part of the show. You can find out all of the benefits of subscribing on Patreon at joinwallplus.com. That's W-A-L-plus.com. You'll get bonus content, access to the complete archives. There's over a thousand shows that you can't get in the public feed, and you'll be supporting all of our great shows. Thank you especially to our $100 a month members, John Pusillo, Vincent Peichel, Lars Nordskog, Jake Dell, Matthew Durbin, Reinhold, Christy Avery, and Jason Doolittle. We also want to thank our main sponsor for this episode. Uh, it is Iconic Insurance. 15% of Americans are left to find health insurance on their own. And even if you get health insurance from your employer that doesn't work for you, Matt Allen and Iconic Insurance can help you find the right insurance. Just head over right now and contact him at iconic-insurance.com slash libertarians. We'll put the link in the description if you can't remember that. But Matt is a longtime listener of this program and a great guy and a good friend of mine. So please go support him and reach out right now. Thank you. And now let's get started with our show. Warning, this show is for adults, produced by semi-adults. So the language is sometimes strong and offensive. Uh, I don't know what I said. Uh. Welcome to We Are Libertarians, where our goal is to help you sound smarter while talking to your friends. We examine current events from a libertarian perspective while treating modern politics with all of the irreverence it deserves. There has been lie after lie. We toss out the screaming heads, put people before political parties, and give context to the news to make you think. Now, here's our host, a 15-year veteran of politics and media, Chris Spangle. Welcome to We Are Libertarians. My name is Chris Spangle, and it is great to be back, and we are back in person, and uh, I don't know that I like it. I think maybe, Reinhold, we ought to go back to doing these online and then not leave our house. What do you think? It's a little more comfortable, a little relaxing. You don't have to get all prettied up and, you know, yeah. go out. Well, thank you for not being uh, pretty hairy. Uh, first off, uh, contract violation I can introduce before Reinhold. Oh, okay. that is that We is talked true. about this. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yes, and then uh, also here is, that's his official title, also here is Paul Copeland. How are you, Paul? I'm doing great. Uh, I, for one, want to be in person. Please don't make me go home. I just need you to get close to that microphone. Oh, okay. This is the return of get closer to the mic yes. on the show, Harry. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, you have we have several different podcasts here. We have uh, the uh, Chris Spangle Show slash We Are Libertarians. Let me if you don't know, We Are Libertarians was the name of the show forever. It's now the name of the podcast network, and we've been the Chris Spangle Show, Harry and Reinhold, for two years. Yeah, like two and a half. And everybody just still calls it We Are Libertarians. Mm-hmm. So uh, we we I still do the interview shows. I'm still going to be doing all the interviews. I just um, talked with Young Voices today and set up nine different, twelve different interviews about short subjects that are twenty minutes long. I've got fifteen interviews just so we're constantly consistent with stuff in the feed. And like I love talking to the Young Voices folks because they give you a, a bit of information in a short amount of time. But the bread and butter of We Are Libertarians has always been us getting together in person and basically barely touching the subject and having fun with each other and just Mm chit-chatting. And uh, so that's what this is. So if you're listening and you're like, this sounds different, it looks different once once we get the video up and running, Um, but that's what's going on. But here is the We Are Libertarians and the Chris Spangle Show represented uh, through Harry and Reinhold and me. 
And then we also have Low Key Wall. Can you explain what Low Key Wall is and explain who is on your show? All right. So Low Key Wall started, it was like brainchild of mine because we usually go for like our winter break. Uh, we Libertarians have been doing a winter break episode, uh, episode where we just stop. Give ourselves some vacation time. We can be with our families and we give us some time to do that. Well, I always like to talk. I love to talk. Well, I have to hear the sound of my own voice. And, uh, you know, but. I feel that's not fair to you. You're a very humble person. Uh, no, 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 no. Except for, uh, yes, I am very humble. But he I do so. love the sound of my own voice. That's true. Uh, right. And so I created this thing because I just needed to talk and created the thing called Low Key Wall. Started actually here in the room that we're recording in right now, in the yeah. corner, actually. Um, and, but so I brought along, says I don't like flying solo, I bring along a cast of characters. One of the cast of characters, everyone probably knows from the network, I bring Reinhold around because mm-hmm. I don't like to go anywhere without my Reinhold. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, the, it's the last great white rhino, so I want to make keep sure I hold on to that he's one. A, he's a um, lino, really. Lino, no, no, no. Libertarian no. in name only. That's oh, what I wow. heard on the internet. Wow. Nope. I heard uh, Reinhold's a, a lino. That's probably for some bad blue check marks. Anyway, the other person I keep <laughs> I just with bought me, them. <laughs> <laughs> the other person I keep with me is uh, my, my good, uh, my, this is my right hand man. I bring um, a, um, Vincent, aka Donovan. He's sitting over here at the edge. Want to say hi? Hello, everyone. Did he sound okay? Does he, he did, yeah. Good, Excellent. good, good, good. He actually has one of like. He's, Wait, uh, is it Donovan or Vincent? When, well, like he goes, aka Vincent, you know. Screen name is Vincent, real name Donovan. Pull, pull that mic up so it faces your mouth. Fair enough. Like it's good. Guy. We got him talking, practicing on the microphone. Yeah, because like he's got one of these mics at his yeah. house, but he's at his, you know. But you hold it or do you use like a mic stand? It came with a little stand that nice. sits directly in, in the, front of me. The like, mic you gave me, I just use my condenser one because I'm by myself. So see, I, I had you introduce him because in my brain he's Vincent and Donovan, and I didn't know which it was, and I was like, I, I don't want to misgender this person. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he goes. His screen, screen name is, is it Vincent because, like, to me, like most people are are their screen names. Like, uh, I it's hard for me to remember people's names, but if you tell me your screen name, I'm probably going to remember it for the rest of your life and call you just that. Yeah, like a lot of people is a lie, sir. A lot of people know me just as Moving Target. Sorry, scheduling please. Yeah, yours is hard to say. Escargot Pilates. Yeah, Let's get it yeah. together. <laughs> like Reinhold, I really it's like Tad Western. Tad Western is not Tad's name, but to me, Tad is Tad, and he doesn't even remember his own name. It takes me a while to. Remember remember Tad's real name yeah. sometimes when someone asks me about it I'm like oh crap I know right it's a Reinhold just I've had to like so I don't accidentally dead name him here on the show yeah yeah and reveal his true identity I, I constantly am I just call you Reinhold even in the chat so I don't screw it up here mm-hmm. I'm fine with the, the real name Vincent VC any of the combination of okay. them so whatever I'll just respond because I've figured you'd be talking to me in some way shape or form how how, how did you two meet um well it, uh, just like every great anime happens. I'm his uh, wife's cousin. Nepotism. Yeah, you're yeah, just inviting much, your wife. You're just inviting and, cousins and if you on watched, the air. If you watched Low Key Wall last week, we, was even, we even explained mm-hmm. how he yeah, has impacted we had a my very, life. Was plug, a very plug, special plug, episode. Plug plug. Uh, Brian Wolgamuth, you're representing what podcast from the uh, Real Libertarians Network? I am representing Enemy of My Enemy, uh, which uh, we have Hody uh, Johns, who's hosting it, and uh, Lou, who is the left side of the debate. Uh, Hody generally moderates, and then I'm usually the right side. However, sometimes I end up on the left side because I tend to like to think things through as opposed to just look at mean tweets. Yeah, no, yeah. you're like the worst right wing person. I am. They need like Tad <laughs> Reinhold. They need like, they need uh, you know Donald Thompson from our Facebook group. Right. You know somebody with real Mises credentials, not you. <laughs> no, I don't have any Mises credentials. In fact, I think I've gotten blocked this week. But <laughs> <laughs> I made them all mad. 
Yes. By the I've, real account or just the ones who bought the check mark? I think probably just the ones that bought the check mark. But okay. I, I did buy I, I did set up a while ago a Twitter account which was uh, the Mises IP account. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still sitting there, so I'm wondering if someone's Somebody gonna try should to do grab the it. Mises idea idea generator, like your your New York Times idea generator, Reinhold, that, that some of the Pitches, pitch but bot. yeah, the pitch bot. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, we are here in our studios, and Harry, we've we've talked a little bit about it on the show. Uh, we are at your, one of your many spare homes, mm-hmm. and you've been gracious enough to uh, let us set up camp. That's my associate producer in the background who is uh, watching her tablet and uh, enjoying her life right now. We finally got her to settle down, but mm-hmm. she was she was rowdy. As we were getting this all set up this morning, she clearly wanted um, everyone else's attention and yeah. not wanted to help to build, uh, mainly because uh, you know she didn't like the colors, she didn't like um, the sound quality that, that Spangle first had going through this board. She, you know, she's very picky. She is. Um, she's a good producer. Not enough Baby Shark, apparently. No. Yeah. Um, so she may sing throughout this, but Mom's on vacation on an airplane right now, and uh, and uh, she's she's my co-pilot. So yeah. and it's good because now because we also have producer Paul here in studio, so he's get to learn for you know an experienced producer. What do you think would happen if we had Battle of the Producers and they had to fist fight each other? Honestly, like wow. Um, now I do enjoy Paul's like scrappiness and he's very unorthodox boxing style. But I he's not that tall. Squ- he's only like five nine. But I have to give it to Squish. Mm. Yeah, no, she's like almost four. Yeah, and yeah. she's she's probably going to interrupt the podcast. I can just well, feel it. Watching Paul get power bombed through the table is just mm-hmm. is the peace de resistance. I've been teaching her wrestling moves. She does the pile driver. Nice. Yep, she picks up her her best friend next door and just you know. <laughs> Rock bottoms are nice, yeah. Uh, but to be here in the studio, to be face to face, actually do a podcast. This feels great. This yeah. feels uh, almost like coming home again. I was um, really excited this week. Yeah, I was yeah. really looking forward to today. Yeah. I was looking forward to it. Like it's like right now. I used I'm to not do, enjoying it, but I, I was looking forward to it. Extra money to do like a specialty yoga class on this type of Saturday, but I canceled it so we could get this done. Yeah, get the studio set up to do this thing. You know? And we're very very close. So we we didn't get the video and we didn't get the sound processing. You wouldn't hear squish if uh, we didn't have the processing if that's on but that that was going to take a little bit of time and brian did brian was very generous and bought some wood so we have like can lights and we've got a tchotchke shelf Mm -hmm. and on the wall is the we are libertarians poster and a couple flags and the stuff that joshua sexton has sent like the dear leader portrait and the amazing gold record so we've got it decorated with all kinds of stuff like on the uh the shelf we've got the file from way back in the day when i got put into Facebook jail and a patron sent that in and no worry we'll post it somewhere eventually we've got a Maybe. bottle of uh, test ignite you know somebody gave that to me we've got um, a, a root for president hat uh, that that I think Reinhold brought and then uh, our super blue fluoride toothpaste, non-fluoride toothpaste. Did you use all the super male vitality? Uh, that's on my shelf behind me at home. Oh, you use, that's a daily use. That's in a tchotchke. You use yeah. it daily. So. But we have to thank Jason Doolittle, who is uh, the naming rights have been sold to this studio. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we've spent several hundred dollars kind of just buying new equipment and getting it all set up. So when we walk in here, it's just turnkey. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was all made possible by uh, Jason Doolittle. So these are the Doolittle Studios for We Are Libertarians. Thank you, Jason. We really do appreciate it. 
Um, so let's get on to what we're talking about this week, which is the midterms. We're going to talk a little bit about politics. Reinhold and I almost got dangerously close. He texted me at like eight o'clock or seven o'clock. I was like, hey, are we still doing that midterm show? I was like, ah, bro, no, it's <laughs> I'm about to go to bed the night before. And I'm honestly glad, Reinhold, we didn't make any predictions because everybody got it wrong. It was supposed to be a massive wave for the Republicans and they were going to write everything in. Now, you ended up, I'm not going to make a public apology, but I will say you were right that Dobbs seemed to have made a big difference, especially in local statehouse races. If you look at Michigan, um, Michigan, you know, Whitmer won, I think, 55 to 45. Uh, the Republicans lost the House and the Senate in Michigan. And that's representative of what happened in a lot of local statehouse races as uh, women came out. To, hey, El Local state house races, Democrats had a phenomenal um, surge, which normally what happens is the top of the ticket is what lifts the, your lower ballot races. Mm -hmm. But what seemed to have happened in this is the state house races trickled up and helped a lot of candidates. And what you saw in exit polling was a lot of people saying, I don't like Joe Biden. I think in exit polling, by the way, is the most accurate form of polling because they're standing in front of somebody as they walk out and ask them to take a survey. And uh, if you really want to get a sense of things, look up, look up exit polling from um, NBC did them, CNN always does them. Um, but what was consistent in the exit polling was uh, inflation was number one. Mm -hmm. So the, the pre-polling was it was going to be inflation was 28% and abortion was 8% in terms of what was motivating people. But Steve Kornacki from NBC, MSNBC, who's one of these vote watchers, said uh, about three days before the election, he goes, something weird is going on. It looks like there's going to be a big red wave. But normally what you see in the enthusiasm gap is Republicans would be way up and Democrats are way down. And then in the last two weeks, they really closed that gap. And the Democrats and Republicans had the same enthusiasm for turnout. So they closed that gap. And the exit polling showed that most people decided when to vote the day before they went to vote, either early voting or on Election Day, which is not normal, which tells you there's probably a lot of first time voters mm -hmm. or there's a lot of people who just were voting for their local race, and they sort of know federal politics because they watch CNN, but then they, they ran into it. Um, and the exit polling also showed that the, the, it was Republicans that lost this for Republicans mm -hmm. because, the, by and large, everybody doesn't like Joe Biden. They don't want to vote for Joe Biden again. They don't want to elect Joe Biden again. They're very concerned about inflation. They blame Joe Biden for the inflation, but they were voting against the MAGA candidates. And almost every MAGA candidate that was backed by Trump lost, except for J.D. Vance in Ohio. Um, and, uh, you know, if you look at the, the, the numbers, there was a 7% increase for Republicans in the female vote. There was, uh, like, a young, amongst young black men, I think the increase was, like, 20% towards the Republicans. Uh, the Latino vote went, especially in Florida, mm -hmm. I mean, he overwhelmingly got, I think it was, like, 60%, 70% in some of these areas of, of the Latino vote. So they defied the demographics, but then the Republicans still lost. And the 
exit polling shows that the reason that they lost was Donald Trump. Uh, and that partnered with Dobbs. So, Reinhold, you said like the day before the election, something's going on and I can't figure out what it is. Yeah, I was looking at the polling and I just it just seemed like the last week, week and a half, the polling seemed to just go weird and all the Republicans were just jumping up all of a sudden. I'm like, well, there's nothing driving that. I mean, anybody who was upset about inflation was upset a week ago, two weeks ago. A month ago, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't new. It was not some new issue. Right, so I'm sitting here trying trying to rack my brain on what's going on with this polling. And it wasn't until actually the night of the returns were coming in and all the talking heads were talking and someone mentioned something and it just hit me. I really think that people... A lot of the a lot of the do, people doing polling right now are doing aggregate polling, right? So they're taking mm-hmm. all these polls and then they're saying, "Okay, now this is the average, and we'll figure it out from there." I think there are people out there gaming that now. So there there are polling places that are out there now that are pumping just bad polls into there to mm. pump the numbers up in order to drive people to not go. Trafalgar apparently was mm. just wildly off on everything, but. I saw, was it uh, the New York Times or 538 said most of the polling in this election was largely accurate. It's yeah. just that people sort of felt like Republicans were going to do better. Right. And, it, and a lot of the polling is, a lot of people have problems with polling because it's like, okay, but there's a 2% plus or minus on the possibility of it being off. And they're like, well, you were, you were saying this and it was this. I'm like, well, it was still within the margin of error. I mean, it's not <laughs> as precise of a, a science as that, but... Uh, a lot of a lot of the polling was really showing that um, it wasn't going to be Democrats weren't you know just going to roll over on this one, and especially when I saw returns coming in like um, a week or two before early early voting, the early voting was breaking records, and mm-hmm. most of those were Democrats, and I'm like they were com- they were getting out. So I was thinking uh, the night before as like. I think we're going to have a runoff for the Senate. I don't think the Senate's going to be clear-cut. But I thought that the Republicans would take the House. But I didn't think it was going to be a wave. I didn't think it was going to be... I think it was going to be a tough fight. And it's kind of how it turned out, but... Um, yeah, it was... I mean, Joe Biden in his press conference the day after was like, what are you going to do different? Oh, nothing. Clearly, I did so well. Like, you're still going to lose the House and not be able to get anything done. You may you you may have a gridlocked Senate, but Democrats are going to take like I I don't know if they just because they have the media Harry they just take it and they go well clearly this was a huge victory for us we well, lost but it's a huge victory let's just pass FDR two point yeah correct yeah they've got the media to be the spin forum they also have uh, well like the other thing is like which is Biden really has pushed through Congress they actually got. Going besides, he spent a lot of his political capital on the Build Back Better plan, yeah, and the failed uh, inflation fix that's not going to fix anything. So, and everything else, everyone likes him for he's done has been done through executive order. And at time of recording, the executive order for your student loan forgiveness has been blocked. So this is this is this hockey puck's going to get yeah. Explain explain that. Which one? The uh, the student loan stuff. So the student loan forgiveness plan. So Biden was go- had a huge plan, awesome plan to forgive ten thousand dollars of student loan forgiveness using some defunct emergency uh, old law uh, to 
basically since COVID was an emergency, they're going to use that to get rid of student loan debt. Yeah, yeah. We declared an emergency. They're going to do it like that. Technically, uh, on the, in the spirit of it, it does work. It does classify and satisfy that. But uh, there's so many people they've it put outside of that. So they are still so those people are suing. No one want to pay for it. It's the people who didn't have student loans or didn't qualify because they had private student loans. So that was blocked at what two different courts have blocked it. So we've got with us with the uh, District Five, wasn't it? If I remember correctly, that has blocked. Uh, they blocked it, and then it, so it's going to go up to the new uh, to the uh, at the time. At least so basically, Joe Biden did something that he knew the courts wouldn't accept. Probably would get struck down. Mm-hmm. It paid off with Gen Z voters who were their basically their blue wall, and now they're screwed. Correct. Yeah, they, they was basically able to take something and punt that across the line up until like the um, to cross over the uh, to get through the midterms. That was a good punt, and I'm probably going to try to punt this again closely around because uh, around these exec team is uh, the election going around or they may figure something else out because it's really I think uh, trying to get COVID classified as an emergency to keep that that way to get rid of those the, those loans that's not going to fly in any court and it's probably not going to fly when it well, eventually makes I, it to the Supreme Court and I'm not sure about that because the the strike down that just happened was a single judge so what happens mm-hmm. is these goes to the court these usually go to the court the single judge will strike it and then you you re you know you you re um put you play, put it back in and say no I want you to take a look at it I want the whole court to take a look at it mm-hmm. and then they get together and take the whole court so depending on who took that and it did the initial strike down they could get overridden by that court so mm-hmm. it's still a case of arguing whether or not the people who are bringing the suit have standing whether or not it's you know part of the if, if it's uh, a law that was passed by Congress, and he's enacting what he was given as a power in, in the Congress. It should fly. It may not fly. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be who gets that? You know, who hears that, and what the court decides at that point. But mm-hmm. and even then, it's still going to go probably up to the Supreme Court if the Supreme Court takes it. Now, with the Supreme Court make up the way it is, they may just punt it back down and ignore it. So this could be the final nail in the coffin if it doesn't go through the unbank process. Yeah. Right? So. I, I feel it is probably going to get bunked up to the Supreme Court and get brought down. Hopefully it could get done in a quick enough time so it's not a twenty twenty four issue, but it you know, every I don't think any judge wants this on their platter, you know. Well, and the other problem well, too is year. you gotta understand is that student loans are have been sitting in a pause state mm-hmm. that, that ends in January. Yes, January first, yes. Yeah. So yes. if they don't do this, you know, get this loan stuff out to these people who they've been promised it to, mm-hmm. those people are going to start paying on this loan again. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that people are going to be happy about that. So other than Trump and DeSantis, Brian, what, what were some of your takeaways from election day? I mean, on election day, it, it kind of lined up the way that uh, I was thinking. I mean, I'm not trying to say I was omniscient on this, but I, I looking at the, you know, the state houses where there's been a lot more debate over abortion and various, you know, rights uh, in there, especially with uh, Tennessee and things like that. There was a bit of a push in some of those states. I mean, some of the states, though, stayed very red. Uh, Where I was in um, nowhere, Indiana, uh, there was a line out the door for a midterm. I mean, and that's rare. We had 47% participation in a midterm election in our county. So it's absolutely, uh, it's a little stunning. They did get out the vote, it seems like. But like Reinhold said earlier, there's a lot of early voting that did go Democrat in a lot of states like Michigan. And I think there were other three other houses that turned. Yeah, Michigan, well. Michigan, you got to understand, too, is that 
she had help because there was a um, provision on the ballot to make whether or not abortion was going to be a yeah. protected right or whatever. Mm-hmm. Those helped drive traffic out to get to her, mm-hmm. and she and she jumped on that and used it as part of her platform because she knew that that was happening. So she was it five states it. basically uh, include Kansas earlier in the year, and then Michigan and several other states. Mm-hmm. California was one of them. Kentucky. Yeah. Kentucky. Kentucky, Kentucky yeah. was one that basically said, no, we don't want to put pro-life in the Constitution, to put it right. succinctly. Michigan ha- or, um, Montana had a really weird one, which f- failed, which was we guarantee um, na- like uh, NICU care for a failed abortion. Yeah, it was some yeah. Yeah, failed abortion thing. Yeah. Which was like a really, like, all right, I get you that you want to put pro-life or pro-choice in your constitution, and there were five states that basically said, we want the legislature to decide. We don't want to put this in the constitution. And then Montana came in and said, if your abortion goes wrong, then that child is guaranteed health care. I thought that was such a yeah. weird thing. Do you know anything, anybody know anything about why they, nah. all right. Nope, didn't look into that. But I think it is... Um, uh, surprising that even these red states like Kentucky, Michigan's pretty blue, um, Kansas, that everybody has has basically struck struck this down and said no, you know, fifty four percent usually. Yeah, I've been seeing re- uh, polling recently that's saying that support for legal abortions is as is at its highest number it's ever been because yeah. of all of this. Hmm. I think. Uh, my gut reaction is that it doesn't signify that everybody is super pro-choice. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's a complicated issue and people mm-hmm. don't want government to yep. decide one way or right. the other and enshrine that mm-hmm. because then well, the idea there's a lot of gray area. Being in the middle of that decision, and that's why I was saying before, is like that is a very emotional time in a person's life and they're going to be talking with their doctor about the options and everything else. <laughs> you don't want... A policeman coming in there and telling you what to do. Yeah, you know, correct. Yeah. yeah, no one wants to see doctors in chains and getting arrested. But some people also don't want. They also want some restrictions on it as well. You know, yeah. they're they're fine yeah. at a certain time. Reasonable. Yeah, reasonable. Lot of people are like, yeah, yeah. Just, you know. yeah. No one likes the you know like six months, nine months craziness mm-hmm. that some people like with you know have have like has advocated for. No yeah, one wants that. You know? Yeah, there's there's people yeah. who call themselves principled based off of their beliefs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, look. Let's have a nuance in this a little, yeah, a little yeah. bit. There are there right. are some points on both sides here. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say just shaping also like the um, the abortion rules to be more in line with a lot, lot of the different of the. And then there's Vincent over here with an A team shirt, mm-hmm. team abortion over here. He's just <laughs> shouting his abortions left and right. <laughs> well, he he was one of those failed abortions that yeah. <laughs> Vincent, we got the NICU unit. Totally, so, totally. Vincent, were you a failed abortion? Do you need medical care? No, I'm good. You're yeah. fucked in Montana, buddy. No, it's, it's fine. It's fine. All right. Um, uh, yeah, I think I don't think that uh, pro-lifers should lose hope. Certainly not. I, but I do think that it, it signifies that. Uh, I, I really just tend to think people on most issues are not full shout your abortion or hey. If you have a miscarriage, we should lock you up. They're they're largely in between and, and want it to be decided locally. I don't think Mehmet Oz had the craziest answer for where people are at, which is I don't think there should be a federal uh, amendment one way or the other, um, and it should be between local officials, your doctor, and you. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, if you're 
Reinhold, then you don't want local officials involved at all. But, you know, to you me... You really don't want government involved in that little area of your life. I don't know. I don't protecting so. human lives, I, I do think that murder is bad, and we should have government protect them. But yeah. that's just me. Yeah. yeah, and if you could spend some time in the NICU, you can also see, like, where viability is and where yeah. science is also going to get to more closer and closer to, like, uh, younger viability. Yeah, I always said that. Eventually, one day, we're going to have the opportunity to say if somebody doesn't want to have a baby, that they can safely remove that and put it in somewhere in a... In a yeah, with artificial womb or something. Uh, but There's then ways people would have to take care of it, and that's not what they want. They want to kill it. That's the, that's what you're missing. All right, moving on. Well, Moloch needs a sacrifice. That's right. You, <laughs> I would argue if I could. I'm aggressively pro-life, but I uh, if you I hope you appreciate that I um, want to have a conversation about it, even if I don't agree with any of these people here. Yeah. Especially nice you, Vincent, with your A-Team t-shirt. <laughs> I mean, one, one thing, though, too, is I really think that a lot of this pushback on Dobbs was partially because once that was struck down, Republicans went way over. Of course. Know, they just pushed way over too much, of and course. that just caused a reaction back. Yeah, yeah. They, they Mike Pence across the country. Okay, yeah. 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 yeah, you never go full Mike Pence. I know. No. But yeah, yeah. It's that's what always. Over. That's what always happens. Is one side like Joe Biden gets elected on a squeaker, and then thinks, "Holy shit, I'm federal. I'm Franklin Delano Roosevelt. I need to pass massive." And you go, "No," and then they all hate you, and then he goes, "Y'all hate me because of misinformation." No, we hate you because you went too far and you can barely talk. Yeah, yeah. That's why we hate you. You're in, you're incompetent, just like the other guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he he thinks it's just because people watch too much Fox News. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dark Brandon knows better. And yeah, uh, yeah. and the Republicans do the exact same thing. It's like Dobbs gets over. You know, Dobbs happens, and then all of a sudden, you know what? I really think we should arrest every mother who has an abortion and doctor and and, and you just go. That's mm-hmm. not where people are at. And like, I have a definite point of view but you also like i'm i'm also classically liberal like there comes a point where you go i'm not the only person living in this society and i can prohibit it because i think it's the right thing to do but there's like people are still going to do it right yeah um well the other side all you can do is make the environment better to keep life that like that should be the op like you improve the economy you improve the amount of jobs you improve the amount of services that are are there to help People who can't afford, like you improve all of these things. That's what you should focus on, mm-hmm. not putting people in jail. And that's what both sides always miss is mm-hmm. they just want to see jail as the answer. So you're saying the Build Back Better plan's not helping the electrical infrastructure out. So if they want to push us to electric cars, we can actually, ha- the grid can actually handle that. We're not doing is that. Is that a the conspiracy that they put a thing in there that like all vehicles have to have a kill switch by 2028 or something all vehicles will will have a kill switch by so (laughs) at least new ones what that is is it has to basically have the circuitry enabled for you if you are convicted of a drunk driving offense to have the breathalyzer plug in straight to the car okay that's the kill switch that they've put into law but of course it's going to get blown up Uh, brian yeah, it's actually being blown up because the idea is they want the ability to stop vehicles like police chases and things like that. Mm-hmm. They want to have remote ability to be able to shut down Which, vehicles. Wait, as fu- they fu- do. It's you already out there right now yeah. with OnStar, but yeah, OnStar you know, already has. It's already, just basically yeah. forcing that technology into every car. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but we know how the security is going to be handled with all of those. Closer they're all going to use an open. They're all going to use a eight, you know, eight mm-hmm. character password. Oh, That's yeah. the same one for every. Yeah, car. they're going to they're mm-hmm. say they're going to pass out the one. private and public keys on updates. 
states so yes. that everybody has okay. the both of them. I, I'm sure it'll be safe. Yeah, even yeah. though like the government could probably like take everyone's social security number and like give us like nice you know two fifty six like a uh, code on it. But no, 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 no. Here's a couple of numbers. I'm sure no one can guess these. <laughs> How Based did, on where you were born. Nah, all right, Paul, Paul Copeland, you are uh, the last Libertarian Party person I know that is proud. Well, Reinhold's a proud LP person. Um, uh, I-N. Yeah, I'm on I-N. the steering committee. So yeah, he's on the state committee. L-P-I-N. Um, yes, Libertarian <laughs> yeah. Party of Indiana. Indiana, uh, yes. Um, so the I will, best affiliate. Absolutely. You had great successes, um, including an elected school board member in, in Martinsville or uh, Mooresville. Yeah, near where I grew up, uh, and two uh, elected people out in Henry County yeah. uh, for township mm-hmm. board and trustee. But how overall, this was the first election since the takeover, and I was promised a gold wave. I didn't see a gold wave, Paul. I didn't see millions and millions of winning, Reinhold. So, yeah, and probably comes down to training. Well, <laughs> oh, <laughs> if only we had been training for the last forty. Yeah, I mean, years. right. Jeez. You just think, you know, if we just but, thought about that. But uh, no, so very interesting way to look at uh, the takeover leaning people and the anti-takeover leaning people. Uh, just look at the results down in Georgia, uh, where you have somebody very... You have wa- Chase Oliver running for Senate. Yeah. Who and you have Shane Hazel people- running for governor. And I will be, let me just put a disclaimer on this. I really like Shane Hazel, and I really like Chase Oliver. They've both been nice to me. We've had great conversations. They seem like good dudes. But you're right. There's a big difference between Chase's 2.1% and Shane's 0.9%. Yeah, and a lot of that goes to presentation. Uh, Chase is somebody that a lot of libertarians might label a dirty pragmatist. Uh, Who's in Vice News, The New York Times, and all of these newspapers being featured. Yeah, and Shane had his style of messaging, which I would not have personally run that It's very style of- radical and aggressive and very much in the Mises vein. Right. <laughs> so if you compare the results, I think they speak for themselves. The people don't want a divisive figure, even if that divisive figure is preaching that they'll leave you alone at the end of the day because you just come across as an asshole. Reinhold? Well, it's, it's- Where's the gold wave? The gold wave, I mean, I, I don't know if we're ever going to see a gold wave, to be honest with you. I mean, it's, it's just a case of anything that we come up with as, as our, our ideas or our positions, stuff like that, is just going to get co-opted by the other two parties. So Which we're good. just trying to, yeah, that's good, <laughs> but it's never going to be like, oh, the libertarians are now in charge. I, of think, I think there's a direct line from um, libertarian anti-war stances and Ron Paul to, to the GOP. I think, you know, like, the the seed was sown for anti-war, uh, right-wing anti-war rhetoric through mm-hmm. libertarians. In the in the now the Bu- the Buchanan wing of the Republican Party wasn't active in the grassroots, but Buchanan and is really like the father of Trumpism. Um, so ideologically, that's where a lot of these guys get it from. But in terms of the grassroots accepting it, mm-hmm. it's libertarians bumping up against Republicans. And then once Trump came in, this is the single best thing that Donald Trump ever did is 
make the Republican Party more anti-war, mm-hmm. right? I think that's a direct example of of it. And he threw a lot of bombs doing that. Of course, he's a, yeah, <laughs> he's not the but, most anti-war but president. But that's sure, not the but, only way, though, right? So we've also have libertarians have been fighting for years for drug legalization, Absolutely. for same, for uh, same-sex marriage, gay rights, that sort of thing. That gets co-opted up into the other parties, yeah. right? So it's like we bubble up through both. Uh, and eventually, hopefully, p- keep pulling people more towards the middle. Because you see the extremes that are going on right now. Nobody wants it anymore. They're tired of it. They want normal. Trump was exhausting. And I oh. said that before when, when we were talking about 2020. I said, people are exhausted. They just can't do it anymore. Harry? They're, they're just tired of winning. Um, yeah. <laughs> the um, I, one thing, and I'm it was so only sorry. because he ran against the just, worst candidate in the possible history of the it's, world. It's amazing how big of a loser Reinhold is. He yeah. just loses all day. <laughs> it's just the losing is tremendous. Yeah. But what we were saying with the um, pot legalization, so Maggie Hassad, that sack of crap, former governor of New Hampshire, now their senator, right? Always constantly kept blocking the Republicans and Democrats, you know, bipartisan to get uh, marijuana legalization in New Hampshire. Blocked it twice. They had to go get almost veto power, right? They'll even let that thing squeak by. And it was so frustrating that, that this Democrat, you know, governor of New Hampshire was blocking uh, marijuana legalization. Speaking of blocking, Jeremy Kaufman, the Senate candidate there who ran against Maggie Hassan, uh, I went to look up his profile the other day and I had him blocked and he has me blocked. So it's mutual blocking. But how did. He's the one behind the New Hampshire Twitter that everybody um, who isn't normal loves. Well, how, did, how did he do? Well, uh, abysmally? <laughs> I, I, I think you have to go back over 20 years to find another New Hampshire Senate candidate who has scored lower than and Jeremy Kaufman. Only managed. two others out of like 15, or what was it? I saw the number, it was, but. It was like seven. Like, 76 and seven, 80 maybe or something like that. And the then, party was beginning. And then, yeah, then it was cool, 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 cool. And maybe one or two in there somewhere, but it he was, was the, the third lowest, lowest third yeah. lowest result. Yeah, yeah. And, and, then, and that's not the only person on the New Hampshire that did badly. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. They, they managed to run uh, two separate candidates for governor, uh, mostly because the sane wing of the New Hampshire party decided we're not going to let this woman be the only voice for the Libertarian Party out there this year. So they ran another candidate who, compared to the Mises-backed candidate, uh, got two votes for every one vote she got. Really? What was the problem with the Mises candidate? Um, Well, she was... I don't know if you remember, she recently got kicked out off of Prager University for being too radically alt right. Okay. Wow. She recently That's said a, that I, I don't. I don't personally <laughs> consider Prager U to be alt right. Uh, no, no. And I'm so saying the, the, they have a line. They go up to this line here, right? And it's she like was the, way over here in right. this line, and they, you know, and she and she recently said something. They were talking about the Holocaust, and she said something about her her religious belief is that when people are born, they choose how they're going to die. So that's when you know when they're choosing to, to be born, they have that choice. They, Meaning, they if that. you choose to be Jewish, so, you're going to get Holocaust. So yeah. they, she yeah. was saying, all the Holy Holocaust shit. people who died wanted to. They chose so, that so, before they, chose, they were right. born, so, so that yes. they could experience. Ultimate yeah. So suffering. Hitler wasn't such a bad guy. Oh, you've got to be. Oh, yeah. Hitler Hitler went to be you've got to be. <laughs> no, I am not joking. You're not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I guess, I'm surprised all the time by like. I talk to a bunch of different people. I really try to like, uh, and that, that plays into the, the Trump section here. 
Um, but I am surprised that the people who in 2016-ish were like, ah, these brutalist groups, we're all just joking. These anti-Jew jokes are just joking. Now we're like, no, no, no. They chose. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Okay. Well, and then recently... Uh, Kanye the, did nothing wrong. Yeah, the vice chair <laughs> of the Libertarian Party posted a meme. I think his name is... Balsagna, Balsagna or, something? or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, formerly known Joshua uh, Smith. Um, that, what? What do you mean? He changed his name? He, I just, I genuinely no, don't know. He, that. he so what just happens, can't he's, be on he's, Twitter. He's got he's got name. canceled off Twitter twice, and he keeps oh. coming back with a different name to try and oh, okay. fake him out. Now I did. It used to be against the rules to do that, but now who knows? It just doesn't matter. But <laughs> he posted a thing with showing Kanye being the hero, standing up against the tide coming. And if you look at the picture of all the people he's going through, half of them are caric- Jewish characters that are insensitive and. But he didn't mean Nasty. it. You're just being a fakertarian. He didn't mean it. <laughs> and then he said, he says, like, oh, I can't believe you guys didn't find this funny. And I'm like, what, what are you t-? So eventually, even Karen on Harlow's found out about it this weekend and went off on him. Good. Good for Karen. And I'm like, Good. okay. <laughs> That's what has to happen. There has to, you know, if, mm-hmm. if I would think that if I were being racist, like I was towards Vincent earlier in the podcast, you all would say something. Yeah. You yeah. didn't, but that's why you guys are well, here. You're, you know. It only half counts. It's fine. <laughs> that's why we're coming back. Is not you know. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk about Trump. Um, do we have to? Yeah, we do. I, I've got we a I've got a coupon that says we don't <laughs> somewhere. Right? I did well. We so, voted him out for a reason. We don't talk about him anymore. So I'm here in Indiana, and I've got. I mean, this is a deep red state. Pence was his vice president. I've got very, very solid connections into much of Pence's organization and, and the different sections of it, mm-hmm. both the grassroots section and then the people who are getting paid um, along with him. And then I've got a ton of friends from my Tea Party days who are just hardcore Republicans and have loved Trump. And uh, I started to notice earlier in the year that the more QAnon, like QAnon is different than the Alex Jones crowd, is different than the Tea Party crowd, is different than the, like, there's many varieties of a quote-unquote establishment Republican. Like, every there's all these different strands. And what Trump did was build a coalition of these different groups mm-hmm. and created some of these groups, like the, you know, I don't, he didn't create... The Buchanan wing, he didn't create the white nationalist monarchist wing. He didn't create, he, he, he just, kind of helped create QAnon. He kind of gave a breath again. He gave, yeah. gave it on a breath. Um, yeah, yeah, he didn't create QAnon. And he, and he did kind of kill the Bush wing of conservatism. He did kind of kill the, the National Review crowd to some extent. Um, but none of that really lasts very long. And I, I really, because I'm a, I'm a, a member of the right. I'm not a left <laughs> libertarian. I'm a right-leaning libertarian. I am uh, you know, moderate in tone and um, more of a Republican than I am a libertarian in, in where I would vote these days. Um, and so in talking to all of these people, not one of them from, not one of them are behind Trump anymore. They, they are walking away from Trump because Trump was always an end to their means, mm-hmm. or a means to their end. Yep. Trump was a useful tool and the only one that they had and could wield. 
and it was kind of funny in 2016, and he was novelty, and he was different, and they didn't know, like, what, what do I have to lose? He, you heard him say that all the time. Mm-hmm. What do I have to lose? Yeah. And so people just kind of went with it. And there's never been anybody to kind of stand up to Trump because they all would get killed. Bob Corker, Ben Sass, uh, Jeff Flake from kind of the libertarianish wing of the, you know, Bob Corker, the traditional Bushish wing. Who? McCain. McCain, you know. Um, and there was never anybody who could kind of build a coalition. So the way that, that Richard Nixon won in 68, I just finished Pat Buchanan's book on Nixon in 68, which was really good, called The Greatest Comeback. Uh, and Nixon balanced the line between the Rockefeller leftist wing of the Republican Party and the right-leaning Barry Goldwater, Ronald Reagan wing, and there were the Midwesterners, and there were all these different threads. There's always, Mm -hmm. every political movement, there's different threads. We are libertarians, but in this room, there are different brands of libertarianism or different emphasis. Um, Anarcho Afromonicus. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't even know what that means, but you do. You. Um, it's a black thing. You wouldn't get it. I would not understand. He's hanging out with Kyrie Irving too much. It's fine. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Kyrie did nothing wrong. <laughs> um, but Trump was always kind of their only option. And there was nobody to build that coalition. But the way that Nixon came back is what Nixon did is he would identify key people in each of these different groups, Mm -hmm. go and support their favorite candidate. He would go out, fly out. It was much less of a national thing when you're running for federal office than it is now. Now it's very parliamentary where everybody votes in blocks Mm -hmm. and the money is doled out from the national level and people view national politics according to Fox News or whatever. Um, Back then it was much more local. The highway bill every four years was incredibly important because you put as much pork in it so you could win re-election by saying, I built that bridge. Um, And so Nixon went around and supported in 66 40-some different candidates, 50-some different candidates, and ended up winning most of those races in 1968, or 1966, in those midterms, excuse me. Already declared for the nomination was George Romney, governor of Michigan, father of Mitt, and he was seeking the nomination in 68. Romney was a bit um, irascible and kind of couldn't help his mouth and would always step in it and uh, a little bit of a Trumpy figure. And Nixon had done really well in building kind of that coalition and had brought himself back. After 1960, he was a pariah in the party. And in 66, he kind of had a triumphant midterm election and then went on vacation. And Buchanan and everybody was besides themselves that he was going on vacation when he had just had this victory. No, let's declare. Let's get going. Let's get working. And Nixon said, I'm going on vacation. I'm going to rest. I'm going to go away for four months and let them chew on Romney. Them being the press. And that's exactly what happened is Romney was declared and the the, ch- the press chewed on him for the next six months until they ran him out of the race mm-hmm. because they just kept chewing on him. And, uh, you know, so Nixon kind of became the presumed favorite and really over the next two years balanced that coalition building really well. No matter what you think about politics, politics is about building coalitions. Yep. 
it is about if if you want to win your primary, you've got to build coalitions to get to the nomination. If you want to win a general election, you've got to build coalitions to win. You know, uh, and often the way that the media will talk about it is you've got to build a coalition of black women and Latinos and and this and that, right? Um, but that that coalition building can be ideological. It can be class based. It can be unions. It can be all sorts of different things, and. Um, if you look at Ron DeSantis, what Ron DeSantis, love him or hate him, has done, he has built a coalition. So if you're Brian Nichols and your number one issue is lockdowns, then you love Ron DeSantis. If you're um, sort of motivated by cultural issues and fighting woke stuff, then you love Ron DeSantis. If you uh, love economics and uh, uh, effective governance and lowering taxes like in the Mitch Daniels strain, then you sort of love Ron DeSantis. And if you just like hard messaging and somebody who's just going to stick up for your side because it feels good and you make the right people cry, Ron DeSantis has something for you. You may not like the Disney thing or you may not like the woke thing, but you may love this thing. He sort of has built a coalition on a national stage and there's something for everybody to like uh, and, and to trust if you're a Republican, right? I think probably most of us sitting at the table would say Ron DeSantis as president would be somebody that we would not want as president. Right. Um, we feel the same way about Joe Biden. Yes. But we're talking about who's going to win the nomination. right? So the fact that Ron DeSantis has been able to build this coalition and then showed an enormous amount of strength in the electoral, uh, in the Florida elections where Ron DeSantis was the one bright spot for Republicans. Everywhere else, all the Trump Republicans, all the election deniers, mm -hmm. you know, uh, there's some safe seats like Marjorie Taylor Greene. She gets reelected by double digits, or, or two to one, basically. Yeah. Lauren Boebert nearly loses in Colorado. She may pull know. it out. We still don't know, yeah. Blake yeah. Masters, the white nationalist... Um, Back the blue. Right, like, oh. he's basically... I mean, I, I'm just... Personally, think J.D. Vance and Blake Masters, their end goal is fascism. Mm -hmm. Like, they want to use the state to punish people. Um, Endorsed who, by Dave Smith. Rod Dreher, who is a writer at, a, at the American Conservative, tweeted out about Blake Masters saying that it's time to give up libertarianism and we need to use the fight to state, you know, use yeah. the state to fight everybody. Like, that's where those guys are headed. I don't think that Ted Cruz is a fascist, right? I don't think that all these people that get called fascists are actual fascists. But I think where those guys are heading in their ideology, it's very clear to me, having studied history. Um, I, don't, I don't think that Donald Trump and Ron, uh, Ronald DeSantis, uh, what's his name? Ron DeSantis are fascist either. But I do think that Donald Trump thinks of fascists as part of his winning coalition. And Donald Trump has an ever-narrowing amount of people that can join his coalition and be part of his team. And it is people who are solely devoted to him and his ideology and was the election stolen. Mm -hmm. That's the criteria for Donald Trump. And the problem for Donald Trump and his path to victory in 2024 is if you, have, if you are a single-issue candidate, you lose. Because the point of being a broad-appeal candidate to the majority of the nation is that you are have that broad appeal. Joe Biden had a broad appeal. He wasn't a single-issue guy. He wasn't trying to just recruit in his own ideology. 
He was he would he said to all Democrats and centrists, I've got something for you. Uh, and so when I talk to a lot of Republicans, they finally feel like they found the giant killer. They finally feel like the guy who he, he's a winner. Right. So what has motivated Republicans for a decade? We tried playing the game with McCain and, and Romney. You all said binders full of women and McCain's a racist and we gave you a chance. And now I want to see you cry. And so I'm going to give you what you don't like. Well, the Republicans are not motivated by Ben Sass, and let's let's all work together and find common ground and build something that is effective. They want liberal tears, and Ron, Ron DeSantis gives them liberal tears in an effective way. Mm-hmm. He's also young. He can serve two terms as opposed to one term. One person uh, that I saw on, t- on TV that had talked to people across the nation, the fact that Donald Trump would be a lame duck upon election is actually something that motivates them to support Ron DeSantis. Um, so I think that you're actually starting to see the beginning of end for, the, for Donald Trump because the Republican ethos right now is winning, make the libs cry, uh, and Donald Trump lost in 2020. Donald Trump's candidates lost in the midterms. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump lost two Senate seats in Georgia, which got us the Inflation Act and $1.7 trillion of new spending. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump locked the economy down. Donald Trump passed two stimulus bills and negotiated the third that Biden passed. Like Donald Trump is responsible for a lot of the, uh, the things that motivate some Republican voters, a.k.a. lockdowns, which, by the way, really didn't have that much effect across the nation, when you look at the, the biggest lockdowners in those states, like Whitmer in, in uh, Michigan, she didn't suffer from that at all. Like, people are ready to move on from the lockdowns. They're ready to move on from COVID. They're ready. To, like, n- there's no amnesty to you people on Twitter, but there's not going to be any amnesty or anything else anywhere else because nobody wants to talk about it anymore. Like, it's not a winning subject. They want to be able to afford eggs again. Mm-hmm. And they want the circus to leave town. And so if you're bringing them a circus, it better be competent. And I think what Ron DeSantis offers to a lot of these Republicans that I've talked to is effective governance. He didn't go out there and run a bunch of parade laps. He tweeted, congratulations to myself, basically on Twitter. You know, we, did, we had a winning team, one tweet, had an election night party, and then he immediately went to work on the on the hurricane. Right. And Donald Trump, meanwhile, on Truth Social, has been throwing an enormous fit about Ron DeSantis and calling him de- desanctimonious and mm-hmm. trying to beat him up. And the loyalty has switched in the Republican Party. The loyalty is now to Ron DeSantis because when I talk to people who are establishment types in the Pence wing, who are Tea Party Republicans I knew a decade ago, QAnon people who think that he's that Trump has been bought out by Epstein stuff and he's he's been compromised. Like everybody has a reason they no longer trust Trump and they're ready to move on with DeSantis. And so I know after January sixth, everybody moved on from Trump and said no way. Uh, every you know the Mordocks and Fox News and the New York Post moved on, but this feels really different because this is them going. I've got new loyalties. I want to move on from the old boyfriend. I just didn't know who had who who was who was a better boyfriend. Like they they found a new man, Harry. They're ready to move on, and I think it's for all those reasons. They found somebody that can kind of build a coalition. 
and will be a circus, but it's mm-hmm. the right circus. Yeah, their type of circus. Right. Yeah, because like the coalition that Trump did build to get through it, he could keep having and be able to give those to the candidates he supported, but he didn't get a lot of the things that he promised these people like uh, to, because uh, like in the Midwest, he promised them like, hey, we're going to bring your jobs back and bring them to the manufacture. I'm yeah. threatening these companies. Like, well, you shut a lot of them down. A lot of them kept them overseas. Carrier here in Indianapolis is one of the most famous ones. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring them back. They never came back yeah 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 we we have the internet we can see that hey this didn't happen this yeah. didn't come back they there there's plants shrinking you know if people are going to these ev vehicles they're not building internal combustion motors only company that's doing that still putting dumping money that is mazda toyota and subaru so if you're not doing that hope you like your electric cars um and then 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 you've got the QAnon people and your conspiracy people because there are two different styles of camps in that area. The QAnon people don't trust the Infowars, like conspiracy theory people, and the, and those don't trust them. The Infowars hates the QAnon people. There is a rift yeah. there with them because the QAnon people They're just not trust all QAnon. the same. Yeah, because QAnon just trusts QAnon people. And yeah, Infowar, it, it's yeah. so funny how the media thinks that the, they kill Alex Jones, all those people go away. They no. don't watch Alex Jones. No, yeah. Jones yeah. has straight out said that. QAnon is a, a LARP. It's, it's dangerous. At, yeah. yeah, dangerous. Literally said it was dangerous. Yeah, you know, and, and and disavowed them and wants them to like you know like and perfect audience is like at least Alex Jones you could put like some sort of facts in front of Alex Jones. Okay, yeah, you know, and get them and he'll still jump to a conclusion, but he'll at least read your fact. Yeah. <laughs> You know, the QAnon people, no, no, if it didn't come to Q, you're bought out, you're paid out, blah, 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 blah. And then, like, you got the Midwest, um, like, the labor of the union. Yeah, they want their, they, this is what they want back. And and those other candidates also didn't do have to do any of that. A lot of them got a lot of money from the Democratic Party to win and be A out. lot of the, the people that I live around, the, the Republican did not win prosecutor. Yeah. Um, but it... It, and it wasn't that close. But when I tell you, walking around in the area that I live in, I live around 20th Street in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, kind of a bougie part of town, but it's very mixed. Liberal it, apartheid? It, <laughs> right. It's either you're either white flight or you're either um, gentrification. Uh, but I'm the gentrification living next to the white flight. But, um, you know, it's it's mixed income. It's mixed race it's mixed class it's mixed mm-hmm. religion uh my street is is very diverse and that includes political ideology but the amount of republican um yard signs around my part of town in front of houses that had pride flags in front of them mm-hmm. uh, on them as well was amazing because crime is something, you know, Reinhold and I have had kind of the the argument about whether crime, you know, statistics show that crime is down and violent crime is down. But there's an arsonist loose in my neighborhood right now. He's burned down three houses. Um, My garage got broken into two weeks ago and my big green egg was stolen. Right. And then fuck off. (laughs) And then. Then, you know, you tell your neighbor and you guys talk and then, oh, yeah, the neighbor down the street got his tires stolen two two blocks down. A guy got his all four wheels stolen. Um, and so it's just like I think that people came back from vacation and started resuming their normal life around school and talking to neighbors. And then it was like, man, this happened to me. Oh, that happened to me. This happened to me. Like, and neighbors talk. I will tell you, like, this is um, I grew up in the suburbs. In Plainfield, uh, which was a very tight-knit community, 
I lived in Greenwood, which is a little less tight knit. Um, this is the most neighborly place I've ever lived. Like if you you wouldn't believe living downtown, you know, you just think, oh, it's just blue America and they have no community. It's the most communally organized, like oriented place I've ever lived. It shocked but, me. I went to your house to go get some stuff for the studio, yeah. and the moment I got out of my car, you know, like his neighbors just started talking to me. You miss you met Miss Kim, who mm-hmm. was paying a guy to clean up my leaves. Correct. Yeah, and we had like the amazing conversation before I even walked in and tried to you yeah. know get a hold of Spangle. It's like know? that every day, and so so yeah, I mean, it's crime. I think that you can never discount the network effect. Like in real life, social media, one person tells one person, who tells three people, who tells five people, and it sort of it cascades. Like mm-hmm. that's hey, you need to vote for this candidate and that candidate. Word of mouth actually does exist in a big way in these communities. Yeah. Uh, my sister, she does a lot of uh, communi- uh, uh, community work on the east side, the far east side of Indianapolis out here. And while they do see issues with the current prosecutor, there's no way they could go with the wells. They, they too far in the other direction. While yeah. they want more, like a little more teeth, they don't want that. That is not what they want. They also understand that the the biggest issue, a lot of the things that people are having issues with inside of Marion County is the judges. It has yeah. nothing to do with the prosecutor. It's the judges that are doing this thing. And they're also uh, getting kickbacks of money on doing it, allegedly. Never retain judges. Um, all right, so back to Trump. Is Trump dead? Well, Reinhold. I think, I think his power is dead. I think he's also going to be getting indicted, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but what really hurt, what really is flipping the switch, in my view, with on the Republican side is that Ron DeSantis brought in five flips or five new seats because of the gerrymandering. Right? Yeah. He, if it wasn't for those five seats, the Republicans would not be winning the House right now. Yeah, but the the like I saw something the national vote. Oh, the the combined vote was fifty five percent Republican over forty five percent Democrat by and large. Mm-hmm. Like Republicans, when you when you add it all together, Republicans won the popular vote. Well, so gerrymandering, yes, but I think the general feeling was more towards we want uh, we want to change. Well, in, in, like literally, what they were telling these Florida. exit pollers was, I know that that Joe Biden means more inflation. I know that Joe Biden can't fix the economy. I know the other guy might be better for it, but I'm not willing to risk democracy and elect a Kerry Lake and a Blake Masters. I'm not willing to give Donald Trump the the benefit of the win. Right. I will take the personal pain right. to fuck this guy. What I'm saying That's is a, that the, so DeSantis got those seats and he's seen as the hero now because if it wasn't for him, they wouldn't be getting the house. Meanwhile... All the Trump-backed people, and whenever whenever Trump went out to try to stump for somebody, they did worse. Yeah, look at yeah. what happened to Oz. Mm-hmm. Boom, he goes out to and stumps for him. Oz Tanks. was making the claim that I'm a moderate Republican. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not super hardcore on abortion. I'm this or that. And then he stands next to Mastriano and Donald Trump, and his numbers plummet. Well, let's, let's also- meanwhile, Fetterman just blows that debate. And then Oz blows it by standing next to Trump. Yeah. But let's not kid ourselves. Fetterman spent – they spent a lot of money on Fetterman. They brought out the big gun to get that – the drag that thing across the, yeah. the finish line. Okay? They, poor choice of words. Be respectful. <laughs> they – it was they brought they, they brought out Oprah. But what did they bring out? You know, Obama. Obama and Obama yep. and Biden. Biden they yeah. had to drag 
him across the finish line. And then as of recording, we still don't know about Carrie Lake. We'll find out about Carrie Lake next she week. She lost. Yeah. Did we? Did she yet? Did she's they, going. Did she's, he actually call it yet? Have it called? They're still counting in Arizona. No, she wants. I, she wants the, to be. I, I know she's lost, but they still haven't called. Carrie it yet. Lake <laughs> wants to be, and she is the perfect choice for Trump's vice president. She ran. She's running this race to be his VP because she looks good on TV. She's well spoken. She's, she's all bought in too. She's all bought in and super loyal. She blamed her loss on Ron DeSantis. How the fuck does the Florida wow. governor? Running his own election, lose you... Uh, like, how did Such he... Such power. It's just well, she also... The, the yeah. night of the election, when the numbers were showing her pretty bad, and she was saying that, you know, she's not going to let the robbers steal her election that she knows she won. Right. Because she actually won this thing, so they're going to take it, you know. I know so. that you all look at it and you go, why is this taking so long? And I do agree. This, so. Like, Marion County, you, here's how you vote Marion County. You go in and you, they scan your ID. They print out based on your address your your ballot. You put the the code into the machine. They give you a big long paper slip. The paper slip goes into the machine, mm-hmm. and then you get on a touch screen to choose your candidates. And then it prints on the ballot your choices. You then take it over to a separate machine and put that in. It scans it and it counts it. So then there is a receipt in the box that they can count later. And also, there is the electoral count, so you know that night who wins. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't problem, know why everybody doesn't Nevada, do that. The problem with Nevada is they are trying to allow people to do things, so they allow mail-in voting. Right. So they allow Which they mail. rightly don't let you start counting until right. the day of the elect- after but the election. But that's not all of it. They will accept mail-in ballots as long as the postmark date is the date of right. the election. So it could be a until, week later. Up until Saturday. Saturday okay. is the cutoff. Right. Gotcha. But anything from election day to Saturday, if it comes in and it's postmarked, they they will count it. So that's what they're doing is they're going through and they're doing curing right now. So there's a lot of little things that are going on. I was yeah. reading through a great thread about, you know, how many how many ballots are in curing, how many ballots are coming from this county, how many ballots were mail ins that just got dropped off. The drop the the mail ins that are coming in late, they're almost to nothing now. So there's not like new ballots coming in anymore. So they've right. got a pretty good handle on how many's left. And I'm, I think they'll have most of it done by today or tomorrow. But that's yeah. just, they allow, because they allow for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what causes that. Yeah. that Be- because like, they, they open the mail ballot, they put it into the machine, they count it, they check it, then they double check it. That's what the curing part is. Mm-hmm. And they don't do that until the polls close on election night. That's why it's taking so long. It's not a conspiracy. Yeah. They they do that. They don't count them before because they don't want anybody in the counting rooms to be like, "Hey, uh, DeSantis is blowing this out," and it then it drives Democrats. Right. Yeah. So Paul, uh, producer Paul, can you pull up something? Uh, I no. Go ahead, Paul. So He's first good. of all, I uh, looked at the numbers uh, with eighty three percent reporting. Uh, Kerry Lake is losing in Arizona uh, by like 32,000 votes. It's still too close yeah. to call because if something shifts, but I, the, the way the, it's trending the, is not good for the her. The ballots that aren't counted yet aren't going to be good for her from where right. they come. And yeah. also to, to kind of speak to what I was able to see, because uh, I was working with Jeff Maurer here in Indiana. Secretary of State candidate who's head of our elections effectively. Yeah, and we got to... Uh, we were invited by one of the uh, county clerks to look at the process of what they were doing on election day. And as he was running around putting out way more fires than he rightly expected for a midterm general election, uh, 
because generally you shake those out during the primary. Mm -hmm. Um, He was showing us, like, they were, and this was 11 o'clock in the morning, they were already in the process here uh, going through verifying signatures, not necessarily opening up the ballots to get them ready to be run through and counted, but they were going through the process of making sure that all of the cures that they would have to do, make sure somebody comes in and like, Hey, can you come in and sign your envelope uh, for your absentee ballot? You know, they were getting ahead of that. Uh, One of the benefits is uh, our counties aren't the size of a small state uh, here in Indiana. Whereas out West, you know, you can drive three hours and not, make it to town. You're starting to see some of those demographic conversations that Republicans have been warning about for a decade, um, you know, with Gen Z starting to come online mm-hmm. and, you know, people moving to Arizona from California mm-hmm. and Texas. I, I think Republicans are surprised that these things are tight, but like they shouldn't be because this is all predictable. Right. Like Gen Z is more liberal. Um, people who move from California are going to be more liberal. They're not going to vote for Blake Masters. They'll vote for a moderate Republican or a Republican who is, how do I put it? Like, I feel like Rand Paul and Thomas Massey kind of end up no-brainers for a lot of people because they don't, like, they're a little bombastic, they're a Mm -hmm. little catty, but they, like, wear a suit and they're professional and they don't say a lot of racist stuff. Right, Ryan Holt, you the, can... the racist stuff is the bar. <laughs> it is the it is the bar, man. It the, is. It is such the bar. Why it's... somebody like Thomas Massey can sit in a district that, by all rights, should be a purple district? Yeah. Uh, you know, it has basically South Cincinnati making up a third of the district, and the rest butts up against Louisville, and then you get some farmland. You worked for Massey, didn't you? Uh, I did do canvassing for him, or for a PAC supporting him in 2020. Yeah. He he is... Libertarianism is centrist when it is on the ballot in a lot of ways. It's when it goes radical that people reject it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, and there is a reason why he has kept that a safe red district... Probably 10 years past it being on the block to be a purple district. Despite holding probably pretty radical beliefs. Yeah. Like at his core. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's start wrapping up and giving our final thoughts. Um, some people have to pick up their wives at the at the uh, mall. Some people have things to do. I've got a hungry toddler who is ready for ice cream. Um, and then Vincent's going to go have some abortions or something, I think. <laughs> all right. Let's, uh, let's, no, you're not going to have them. Yeah. You just terrible. Terrible. Pay for them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Has, he has appointments lined up to cause them. He's on the. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Is he going Marge, full Herschel Walker here? I mean, oh that's the question. Oh. Terrible. Both of you are terrible. Yeah. Our own little Herschel Walker. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I take massive offense. <laughs> you As you should. And you, you should. should. Right. Uh, I'll edit out the first racism, but I'm not editing that one out because it's too good. <laughs> All right. Uh, final thoughts, Brian. I mean, looking at the election and everything else here, I think it was that most people are looking for a centrist party. When I go talk to my friends that are hard left, um, they they know Joe Biden's terrible. They know Stacey Abrams is terrible. Uh, the comment I got from a few friends of mine was she needs to take the L, and I think she's quieted down finally. But yeah, I think if uh, if a centrist candidate came out from either party 
and had a pulse and could speak coherently. I think it'd be a very easy win for these, but that doesn't that's not fundraisable. Chase Oliver is in the New York Times in a featured article. Vice did a featured video on him at his house yesterday or today. He appears centrist to people because he dresses nicely. He's not trying to piss people off. He has radical positions, but he's not shoving his finger in your eye. Uh, he's not racist. He's he, but he's he's like confusing. That's the benefit of being a libertarian, whether R D or L, is you're a novelty. I'm a true independent. I voted for six Democrats, five Republicans, four Libertarians, and three where I voted Noda, and two I voted not to retain judges and a partridge in a pear tree. But I I, I mean if you are a Libertarian. You're generally a very independent-minded person, and you're a novelty because people can't figure out what you are. Like, are you left? Are you right? Like, it's a great winning position. Yeah, you get attention that way. And the one thing was was really funny was that Chase got uh, written or um, somebody inside of one of the one of the various media things put a picture of Chase and then Herschel and then uh, the other candidate and say, "We know the real reason why Chase got his votes was because of racism." Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, meanwhile, on the other side, it's, he's, oh, he's gay, and it's this and that, and, like, it's, he's, yeah. he's just part of the woke agenda, and it's... Yeah, he's got a really good campaign manager, too. So. Yeah. yeah. Who's his campaign manager? Tarnell. Okay. All right, final thoughts, Reinhold. Uh, final thoughts is, I, I really think that we've lost it in, in this country as far as, as, a, as a, an ideal of what we want, centri- a centrist type of thing, where we've got two, two extremists. And whenever I talk about libertarianism, when I talk to people, you know, I start getting on the conversation of politics, and I say, look, my politics are, I think people should be free to do what they want to do as long as they aren't hurting anybody else. And you say that without saying anything about party or candidates or anything like that, most often you're gonna they're gonna say yeah I agree with that yeah everybody believes that in the United States because that's just kind of the basic American ideal but it's been so twisted and turned and oh but and we got to have this and we can't do that you know they 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 get pulled away from it by all these people who are in positions of power wanting to retain power or get more power yeah so they're being used and and it's just uh, it's just a shame I think if we can get people back on the track of not trying to you know, make them feel like they're idiots because they don't believe what I believe, you know? I mean, that's uh, what most of the, you know, MC does is they they just want people to, they're just real mean and and angry about it. Nobody's going to respond well to that. People don't want to be yelled at. They don't want to be told they're wrong, you know, they're stupid or whatever. Yeah. And, and so we need to get back to a more positive centrist, um, libertarian message i think that's going to appeal a lot more to everybody as opposed to what's going on these days yep vincent since i, I don't really live in the same political sphere you guys yeah do, thank you I for participating because you guys were just talking about it last time i was like if, if, <laughs> i've been watching I, I know none of these names <laughs> <laughs> like you guys are saying people i have no idea who they are but i 
from my perspective, you can definitely tell that the reason, one of the major reasons this big, massive red wave didn't show up is th- is when a lot of the, the talking points are people that like Herschel Walker or like Dr. Oz, where people are like, look at this, this is stupid and ridiculous. A lot of people see that as the example of everybody as a, as a whole of that party. So a lot more people are going, well, I don't want this guy who brings a fake badge to a debate and uses it as a prop. I don't want that guy to represent me. So I'm going to go out there and vote to make sure that doesn't happen. So the power of memes and the internet is, is, especially with the Gen Z and the, the younger generations going out there and voting... Definitely had a massive effect on the outcome of what how things turned out. Yeah, you're Gen Z, aren't you? Uh, a late stage millennial. Okay, all right. We claim him as a uh, millennial. Okay, we claim him. I'm like on the cusp. Right, like the yeah. last like two years. How old are you? Twenty eight. Okay, yeah, yeah, we yeah, take yeah. those. Yeah, that's uh, Reagan's twenty eight. Yeah, twenty eight. No. Yeah, 28. <laughs> so she's technically a millennial. She's not going to listen to the podcast. So she no, she's never. No, she used to in the beginning. She's like, oh, your voice is so nice. I love listening. Now she's tired of it. Mostly right now, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely me. Um, uh, Paul, final thoughts? Uh, well, uh, I'm just glad that we're getting back together in person. It's a... Honestly, it's a more fun format to listen to. It's a more fun format to be a part of. Uh, thank you for letting me get out of my house. I yeah. haven't been out of the house since election day. Yeah, no, it's going to be fun, and we have we have the ability that we can pipe people in. So if we do those episodes, like you know, the breastfeeding one with Sarah Brady Wagner or Sarah Brady, excuse me, you know, she can pipe in and we, be a part of the the discussion here. So it's great. And, and I do want to note. Uh, those that couldn't make it that were supposed to be here. Miranda Rip. Uh James. Uh Tad. Tad. Hody. Uh, Hody Hody was a definite yes and then he didn't show up. It's super yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. No, like you know, I've made that drive, you know. It's From not Utah. too bad. He's in Utah, yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's gonna be a lot of fun. And thank you to uh Jason Doolittle and Harry for making it happen. And me. To be honest, this is all my equipment, but it's okay. All right, Harry, final thoughts. I got enough Behringer to, to replace you. Okay? Behringer, please. <laughs> I've seen your tiny board downstairs, your web-covered Behringer. Wow, wow. Not only does it barely work, it's probably been shorted out from the amount of spiders that live in it. <laughs> wow, wow, the sass. It, it was really weird because we, um, I got a, a, you know, late 2019, mm-hmm. you were always complaining about the traffic and how cold it was, yep. and... Reinhold wasn't complaining, but was driving an hour every night, mm-hmm, w- mm-hmm. two ways, you know. And then it was just like I, w- I had started dating Reagan, and mm-hmm. Squish was pretty young then, and yeah. like, and and I just started getting more tired. If the sun's down, I'm I, I go to bed at eight now, so it's just hard to do night shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so and we didn't know COVID was coming, but like we hadn't done a show in person since 2019. Uh, and I'm kind of glad that we had switched because then it wasn't like, oh, crap, how do we do this show mm-hmm. remotely? But I haven't used this equipment in three <laughs> years, <laughs> and I don't remember how to set it up. It, it so was we did, we did one very live hilarious. show a year ago, but that was Boss Hogg's equipment. Yeah, it was yeah. Boss Hogg's yeah. equipment. <laughs> and I, I have my, my road kit that I use with Miss Pat mm-hmm. and that I use for 
leaders and legends and other recordings and stuff and we've used that but like i i had in my basement the the sfx 16 the mackie mixer it's enormous with the all the dbx 286 channel strip um processors and i don't know how to get those to work i don't remember wow um, I will say it is a very large board. It is very big. I love how Harry's final thoughts became, "Hey, look at my soundboard." Um, <laughs> it is. This is actually like a, actually more on course of Weird Libertarians uh, episodes right. where I try to do my uh, uh, like my wrap up, and then Spangle just takes it. Yeah, you know, I mean that's yeah, fair. I mean, yeah, I call. It. I, I usually am on low key wall where you just kind of go, "All right." Say whatever you need. Mm-hmm. We'll cut it because I need to go to sleep. Yeah. All right. I will. Silence is violence. But I, will <laughs> I, for one, am gl- I'm glad that uh, <laughs> that we've gotten back together. I like these episodes. I like having more fun with the topic and be able to have a little more discussion. Um, then it's the main reason, like, we keep doing Low-Key Wall every Monday night at 9 o'clock uh, live on plug, Twitch. Plug, and, plug, plug, plug. Um, and, and you can download the podcast feed. Download Go to We're Libertarians. Get all our podcasts. Yep. It's, and, it's, live on, it's live on Twitch. And like, sometimes, you know, YouTube. sometimes YouTube because they're banning right now. They're censoring our talks, and we will be on Rumble. We're gonna be on Rumble Hardware soon. <laughs> no, we uh, <laughs> fight the man. Oh, John Ulrich just invited me to a concert. Could you imagine hanging out with John Ulrich? Uh, send Reinhold. Send Reinhold. They'll fight it out in the mosh pit. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Uh, make sure that you download all the all the shows at WeAreLibertarians.com. Yeah, yeah. Especially, uh, m- mostly low key. Well, download ours. We uh, right now we're doing our series of the media that helped shaped our um, uh, basically our understanding of basically us. Like so, like I'm bringing out a lot of different um, the old school like animes that I have that helped shaped a lot of my opinions. Um, uh, Vincent's doing the same, and Reinhold's bringing up stuff that like have a lot of dust on it uh, from the basement. Uh, impossible uh, to find on streaming yeah, sites. Oh yeah, and there's some impossible the, stuff. Yeah, the larger variety. Variety of things that, that Harry's bringing is all Gundam. Yeah, it's, it's whoa, whoa, whoa! It is it's, mostly it's Gundam. So, do you guys want to do a promo to encourage people to listen? Yeah, yeah, right, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone who actually liked what we just said is going to turn in and listen. That's Trust right. me, we have a huge, massive audience that will tune into us live. Where we we will listen to your comments in there, and if they're funny, we'll actually read them on air without having you to pay the man money. Okay? What have you been saying about me? On your show. Well, if I'm honest, um, we just say the truth that you hate us, our show, um, <laughs> and um, uh, that that the descriptions oh. and the titles get better when fake live stops happening. Yeah, yeah. Also that. Yeah, once fake live stops happening, um, yeah, Loki Wall takes off because we. That is ha- fair because <laughs> I do fake lives now where I record it whenever the person is able to do the interview, and then I air it when everybody's on Facebook at night, mm-hmm. and I did not know when you did your show. Yeah, every Monday Great. at 9 o'clock Eastern yeah, Standard yeah. Time. Or, or, or when we set up a, a long yeah. live stream like we're, we're doing on Black Friday, and he puts a show on beforehand, and then everybody's wondering what happened. What's going on? I thought you were just going on. This is fake live. You said you were going to do a real live six-hour show. But no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's my fault. So yeah. yeah, Black Friday, we should be having our live show, mm-hmm. yeah. our six-hour live show. Hopefully, there's nothing running beforehand. Yeah, four-hour four live show. We're going to do a four-hour live show on Black Friday. You said if, was, we, if we go longer, we go longer. We usually go longer. Yeah. But if we go yeah. longer, we go longer. The amount of time it took to export that particular piece of audio from the stream yard was insane. I, uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I yeah. was sober then. So this Black Friday, I will be drinking. Okay, okay, and I'm gonna uh-huh. and I'm gonna do my best to get Miranda to show up live on stream. So I'm gonna have to. She made me I borrow d- some equipment. I don't hate you guys. Clearly I want to make us. that clear. Clearly hates us and our show. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't hate Paul. <laughs> is it? 
It's just that you don't care about us is the difference. Well, we yeah, talk about things that... Is. See, that's hurtful no because you're right. <laughs> if you weren't right, it, I wouldn't it's take like, that as... Oh, uh, you guys are talking about that weird nerd shit. Get that shit out of my face. <laughs> I this is my political channel. Why are you guys getting so many downloads? No, I hate but this. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's fine with me. Like I like that... Like Harry knows I will never have the interest to do that show here. <laughs> He just knows it. It's been that way forever. Mm-hmm. Like, and and so I, what I love, and that's why I really pushed him to start doing Loki Wall regularly. I'm like, mm-hmm. you have stuff that you want to talk about and say. Lots of people in our audience like it. I never go in the Discord. I just don't think about the Discord. Like, I'm trying to get social media out of my life. But like, then I pop in, and there's so many of you guys talking about stuff I don't understand. But I'm glad that it exists. Mm-hmm. Because the whole point is like building community around interests. Like it doesn't all have to be politics. Mm-hmm. So I do appreciate it. I don't listen, but I don't really listen to many of our shows. I, I just don't. I don't listen to podcasts. It, right it, now. It's fine. The, the the there's there's a too even racial minority there. It's, yeah, yes, it's fine. It's fine. I yeah, love it's fine. racial minorities. I'm <laughs> like the biggest fan. I will eat a taco bowl right now. Oh. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, yeah, we understand. Uh, but anyways, yes, we're gonna have our big live. It has show nothing to do Black with your Friday. race. It has everything to do with your nerds. <laughs> As well, if I'm not a nerd. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like the like you're a different different type of yeah. nerd. As you guys try to get more people into the libertarian message, the libertarian uh, mood, I want to be able to give people a little bit more culture, so they can see, like, hey, these people are out here talking about music I enjoy or music I've never heard of or anime I've never watched, and wanting like, hey. They're, um, I'm not into the Libertarian Message, but they like the same anime. Yeah. They played the video games that I like to play. That, Let's that, see what's going that on. That was my that. favorite part. When we, we did one of the streams, and then Jacques showed up. He was like, hey, I love that recommendation. You Thank you very much. And they, they jumped in to watch us another stream of talking about yeah. it because mm-hmm. they enjoyed what we put out there. Yeah, no, I think it's great. I mean, and I think this format here where we're back in person again gives us the opportunity to talk about maybe... Like, one of the most popular things that Joe Ruiz did here was talk about our favorite personal music taste in a blog post. Yeah. There's still, like, some of the top blog posts. So we have to do more fun stuff. Trust me, if you're talking about culture, I'm all in. Politics, I kind of want to take a nap. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's fine. Right. That's, that's fine. fine. That's I get right. it. Fine. I, I appreciate I you it. being here and and coming because he and I talked about it. I said, "Do you want me to just invite you know you, me, and Reinhold, and we'll talk about the elections?" But Harry was like, "Everybody needs to know this is our space," right. and he made it very clear to say that this is our space, not his space, our space as a community. So mm-hmm. oh, great. Okay. So if you want to come on down, just you know, yeah, come on down. The address is. The funny thing is, Harry. Harry's so private; he wouldn't even give the address to like Brian asked for the address, and he wouldn't just say what the address was in Facebook Messenger. He had like some dumb password website that you had to go on that you couldn't copy. So you did what I did, which is screenshot it. So now <laughs> his address is clear as day in my iCloud that can be hacked for my nudes. Encrypted in transit. Now you pulled it in yourself. Okay, that's fine. You know, I'm sorry. I've got it. I've got it saved on my yeah cars. Driving yeah, system, it's so. it's not secure, but okay. I in just, transit, it is secure. Squish, squish. Oh, by the way, I, I squish. Have... Come here, come here. I want to tell you something. Come here. She's over there watching her tablet. Yeah, that's if you've heard the the tablet in the background. Yeah. That's what but it was. It's encrypted in transit. That's what's the point of it. Over here, or baby. if the chat ever gets hacked, you know, no one can just see it. 
Or somebody just go on the internet and type in your name and find the address. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we're I just mean, stalking people now, right? <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, uh, I mean, I mean, that's Paul, how that's what Paul does. That's, that's how, how I Paul knew where this was. That is how I knew where yeah, this address. To be was. honest, I have never given Paul uh, my address. He just shows up at, uh, up at the house as I ask for him. You know, just like, hey, Paul, <laughs> come here. <laughs> they yeah. show up here. He's like, all right, I'll be there. All right, this is my associate producer. Do you have anything you want to say? No. No. What would? Are you having fun today? Harry has a question for you. Are you hungry? You want ice cream? I want ice cream. What kind? Oh, are you going to be shy? Can we all have ice cream? Hey, do I talk a lot? No. Do I toot a lot? Yeah. (laughs) Does a toot smell bad? No. Yeah. (laughs) Are you excited to be here? Did you think that the show was good today? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Do you want to go back? What, what are you watching on your tablet? Nothing. All right. Go watch your tablet. You silly goose. All right. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for coming and joining us and uh, sitting around the kitchen table with us. We are so glad that you're here, and we are excited to be doing this and podcasting with you. And... uh, uh uh, thank you so much for uh, joining us. I've got to take the little one now to get ice cream because she has been sitting here. It is almost 3 o'clock. We got here at 10.30. Mm-hmm. Um, she has been so good, except for it got a little touchy there at the first quarter, but um, it's all good now. So thanks so much. If you enjoyed this, then please share it with your friends, and uh, we truly appreciate it. And as always... We'll do, we can't use that. No. We can't do that? No, that's, no? that's old regime. That's old? Old regime. Mm. We could use it. Can we? Can we take it back? We could take it back. And make Mexico pay for it? (laughs) 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 I guess Harry would have to say it then. Ooh. (laughs) I don't know about that one. I was okay with it. That's like wearing somebody else's underwear, right? No. Well, I've done that before, but yeah. Um, (laughs) What? I th- I if it's clean in my drawer, I'm wearing it. <laughs> I guess we'll do better next time. 